Rugby Coach Weekly Podcasts presents Coaching Laid Bare with Lisa Bird Burgess and LJ Lewis. And um, welcome to this week's edition of Coaching Laid Bear, where we discuss all aspects of coaching um, with other coaches. And tonight, myself and LJ are really pleased to welcome a friend of ours who is now currently head coach at um, Bristol Women's Rugby Club, which is Kim Oliver. Kim, how are you doing? Hello. Good, thank you. Yep. Good. Great to hear you. Lovely to see you again, Kim. And Kim, Kim started playing rugby when she was age nine for Chippenham. So all those many years ago, Kim. And then uh, when she was 16, actually moved to Clifton. And I was lucky enough to play alongside Kim. I remember you as a little fresh-faced youngster. Actually, you still look pretty fresh-faced compared to me now. And um, you spent your whole um, kind of career there, didn't you, Kim? Which was 13 seasons yeah. with um, 43 caps for England. Um, and you played for 12 years there. So, and um Kim, in your last year, you started working, didn't you, for Bath Rugby as community coach, um, and then then actually moved out to Gibraltar, which we'll chat a little bit about for a rugby development officer. That was quite a big move. Um, you had two years out in Gibraltar, and then um, came back and and actually you got the assistant coach role at Bristol um, Bristol Bears um, Women's Club, and then you, you're currently at the moment you're, you're head coach at Bristol, doing a great job there, and you're currently in your fourth season. So that's some kind of fantastic rugby resume there. So. Um, Kim, we're delighted to have you on the pod tonight. We're going to chat to you, I know, about um, defence. And um, But yeah, how, how, how are you doing? How are you coping at the moment? Where, where are you at the moment, Kim? Where am I as in right now? Yeah, where are you right now? At my mummy and daddy's house, as always. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so obviously, um, I was living in Portishead with my friend Kate Newton, who um, you'll probably both know. Um, yeah. And then... Um, as basically as COVID hit, Kate bought a house. So I decided that I was going to move back home just for the off season, which got extended and extended. So I've kind of been here since. And then to be honest, it's, it's quite nice being at home. It's quite easy. Um, and home yeah, cooking. A bit of home cooking from mum. Um, and yeah, it's in the countryside. It's kind of in the middle of like pretty much in the middle of nowhere, really. So it's quite nice to get, get away from, from things and just relax. Yeah, switch off a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Um, and LJ, how you been coping since our last pod? Hey, uh, hey Bird. Hey, Kim. Um, yeah, all well, good, thanks. Just, uh, you know, dealing with the normal life situation that we all find ourselves in. And um, yeah, still very happy to be out on the field coaching. Um, and obviously for us guys with our uh, our clubs, the, the hope of playing is getting closer so I think we're in a real privileged position so right now it's quite exciting and that kind of on the horizon uh, yeah. is helping with the motivation at training and things like that so yeah like loving loving still being out there and I uh, had double birthdays in our household this last week so it's been quite busy with oh, Patrick and Guy so uh, yeah boys birthdays. boys birthdays yeah Brilliant. But yeah, all good. Very healthy and stuff. So it's great. Good to hear, guys. Okay. So we're, we're going to crack on with some questions now for Kim. Yeah. So, um, and thanks again, oh. Kim, for coming on. That's right. Before we, before we do, Kim, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your time in Gibraltar. Um, I, know, I know a little bit of it just from chatting to you like 
on our own yeah. but it'd be great to hear some of your experiences um, so it's a very small place um the one thing i think that kept me there is because i as everyone knows i'm very much a mummy's girl um and uh i think i had to i needed to get away and kind of become the coach i could become and I, at, at the time i was working for buffs so i wasn't really coaching you know i was coaching tag rugby and stuff but not really a lot of rugby and i just thought i'd better get away and kind of find out who i was really um so yeah this job in gibraltar came up never heard of gibraltar um applied mm. for it and off i was going in the next month so it's it's a really small country like i said not a lot of grass well no grass um but the people there make it what it is like i had some great friends out there like obviously still keep in touch now i still go back if and when i can obviously not right at the moment but um yeah the rugby out there it's it's all right actually the national team are pretty decent they beat um they've beaten jersey they've beaten um when i was there or jersey like 18 they've beaten um finland when i was there malta they've beaten so they do all right for such a small country um rugby wise they do all right it's just that they didn't have a facility so they used to train um at the um army base at the barrack but now which makes it sound like it's a massive place it's not um but then the government actually gave them funding and they, they've now got a rugby stadium which is in an incredible if you look at it online it's an incredible position like literally looks over and you can see um you can see like the, the strike by the lighthouse there but you can see africa and it, it's pretty like wow. morocco's wow. 16 cool. so the view from there is, is incredible um it's the, the southernmost part of europe i think um, so yeah, it's an amazing place right at the bottom called a place called Europa Point, and it's it's an it's an incredible. I went back there um, on their their first national team game um, just to see the facility really, and it's fantastic. If you can get over there, honestly, for a preseason tour, you should um, because it's a fantastic facility. Wow! And how so many? When, um, sorry to come in there, else, but how many teams are actually out there, Kim? How many so women, women and girls? There's no women teams. Okay. The start, they, we kind of started when I, when I was out there. Obviously, it's very yeah. close to Spain. You can walk from Jib into Spain across the uh, across the runway and then across the, through the border. But um, it's there's there's four men's teams out there, um, and then there's like a mini section. So and then the mini sections they go and they play their rugby in Spain in in competitions oh, okay. out there. Right. Um, yeah, so you know there's there's not there's not thousands of people playing rugby but it, it gets better every year and with the new facility it's just gonna I think it's gonna flourish out there but it's very much a football nation um they absolutely love their football and they do quite well at football so um I think having this new stadium is going to be a, a big change for them I probably left at the wrong time to be fair mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic experience for you though as a young coach going coach going out there and getting all that experience um I'm yeah. sure we'll explore yeah. that a bit more as the interview goes on yeah yeah definitely um so just moving into kind of your well I know we chatted before Kim and you said defence is actually the area you enjoy the most about the game so um, our first kind of area to explore would be around how might you introduce your philosophy um, and system that you want to run in defence so say is that you've started fresh with like say you started fresh with Bristol a couple of seasons ago like how might you introduce it well if, are we talking about if life is normal? Yeah, if life was normal. Yeah, so I think I would, um, I would kind of get people to get the girls together and, and talk about how I want, how I see the defence happening, how I, like what I believe in, in um, and then I'd kind of go through how 
how I want her to defend. Um, so whatever the, the system is that I want to play. And then obviously go out on the pitch and, and kind of introduce it that way, just just to try and make sure that you're getting, because you obviously have loads of different learners, don't you? So making sure you, know, you can talk about it, you can then show it on a board and then you go and do it. So everyone kind of gets that input that they need. Um, yeah, and then just, just keep like digging away at it really every you know every session if you can just making sure that even when it's not a defensive game or drill just making sure that the defense system is still in place because I think sometimes players get so carried away with the attack side of things that they forget um, about the defensive system or um, or to actually defend as we want them to yeah do you um do you have and obviously you don't have to give us an example but do you use anything to relate your defense system to so for example like for me i i really um like stories or like an analogy or like a principle and i think defense is kind of because it's such a mindset thing as well a little bit different to where i attack is there anything you um you use to help help with that or like an idea of that um not really um Shall I I come in there? Sorry, sorry, Alice, because that fascinates me, that side of it. Because I like you, Kim, I love defence. And for me, I think if you can get into the player's player's emotional side of it and really find out, you know, what, you you know, get across to them, that you know, they've got to love defending, you know. And I think think a big part of it, certainly from my my experience in coaching is, you know, looking at the kind of what the attributes of the team and the individuals, you know, what they're good at. Do you want to kind of encourage like a drift defense where you, you've got more control or, or are you going to ensue, you know, that blitz really hard pressure, 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 you know, type defense, really aggressive. I think it's, it's really important as coaches to get your philosophy across and get the buy-in from the players, but also explaining, you know, your principles behind what, what you're trying to achieve. What are you yeah. trying to achieve in defence? Are you using the, the sideline as that extra defender, which is a more passive type defence? Or do you want it, bang, in their faces, let's close them down, let's take away that space. Yeah. But getting, getting through to that emotional side of the players, you know, you know re- really, for me personally, I think that that's a massive thing. It's like getting those keywords across to them you know things like urgency yeah. i'm sure we've all, all got those buzzwords we use urgency aggression you know being relentless but it's got to mean something to those players to get yeah. across to them and i think i think that's that's the thing is getting the players it's really important especially with women to get the players input um so i think for me it's yes i want to put my stamp on it because it's how i want to defend but also i think you have to and and like i say definitely with women you have to get their input because if if they're not enjoying what they're doing or they don't believe in what they're doing they they're not going to do it mm. um so yeah i am very keen on putting my stamp on it but also getting players like like a leadership group or a few key defenders just and get their opinion on it um and then work from there because like i say if, if they're not if they don't believe in it or they don't, they don't enjoying what you're doing then they're not gonna they're kind of not gonna buy in and if you don't get buy-in obviously and you know you're not gonna have a great defensive system would you would you get their opinion before you've set out kind of your idea or would you do that first and then get players opinion as as you kind of evolve together then so as a team? the way i would do it now i would sit down probably with two or three leaders in the team tell them what i wanted to introduce get their input and then make if I'm not saying I'd make huge changes, but if they had small changes they wanted to make, probably input that first with them and then introduce it to the team. Um, 
because I, th- I just think I think that's the, the better way to do it rather than if you sit there and or you're you're saying it and then you, your leaders then ask questions or whatever then you're kind of stumped whereas if you've already got the leaderships or the leadership girls buy in then they can they can help talk it through and then when you go out on the pitch they know exactly what they're doing as well so you've, you've got a few more people that can kind of help you and lead with it yeah when you when you mean leader leadership or um leadership group so would you have like particular people that you look to to kind of lead your defense would they that become a particular role yeah so I do like to have somebody that kind of heads up the fence um and then and 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 obviously then you would have somebody like so I the captains I would always speak to about how I want to run things um so I'd speak to my captains and then obviously you'd have that defensive leader as well probably in there um and just just go through your your ideas and kind of get their thoughts on it like I say it's important that they they want to buy into it as well and, and that they have their own little stamp on it because at the end of the day it's not once I've implemented it it's not my defensive system anymore it's our defensive system so everybody has to kind of be on the same page yeah I, I really like that um idea of making it come to life through the players more get their buy-in you know definitely yeah. had that experience of if if you don't get a couple of players on site, it is a really hard sell, isn't it? Um, yeah, and those are the players that are going to ask you the hardest questions as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for I, sure. think, yeah. I, think, I think that goes back to as well, Elgin and Kim, is about, you know, making sure you explain to players what you're trying to achieve or what you want to achieve from a defensive system. So in different areas yeah. on the pitch, so they know and they can buy into it. Um, and having those captains, those experienced players as well, um, lead that on the park is really important. So I like that as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. So like as the season progresses, would you um would you try and measure success in your defence? And and if you do, like what might that look like? Yeah. Uh, so I'd have like in my philosophy there'd be measurable points in there. So I don't know, for instance, um if one player makes a tackle, how quickly can they from that tackle get back up and be an impact in that defensive line? How many seconds does that take? What's realistic in the women's game? And then yeah. kind of putting that in. So I don't know. Say it's, say it's, for instance, it's six seconds to make a hit, roll away, get up, get back in the line and be effective again. Um, and then obviously you can do, go on your dominant hits or, or not so dominant hits, passive, I guess. Um, but also how, how quickly can, like, for me, it, either way, whether you're attacking or defending, you want to be set first. So it's how quickly you can, as a team, get yourself set because if defensively obviously if you can get set before the attack then you're at an advantage yeah. and attacking wise again if you can get set before the defense so yeah I think the quicker you can get set defensively you're going to help your own team to get set attacking wise so it kind of they kind of bounce off each other I think I think when you're looking at that as well those you know those kind of key performance indicators that speed defeat you know certainly after yeah. tackle getting back onto your feet in defensive line and players yeah. knowing their roles as well like when they've when they've made a tackle because of course now rolling out the way so you know east to west yeah. instead of you know north south so players are not yeah. interfering with play is, is really critical this season but that speed defeat is a massive thing six seconds is that what has that a fast bristol i slow no bristol no <laughs> <laughs> that's just an example. Just sure. example. Six seconds. Right, we're going to have you there. That's for sure. Six seconds. <laughs> I really want you, Atkin. Tell you the actual answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually two point two point five. Oh. It's actually faster than the, the, men, the men's premiership. Actually, <laughs> men's premiership. Theirs is very quick. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. I think. You know. I I love def- I love defense as a player. So I think it was all that was always going to be my 
kind of how I went into uh, into coaching as, as kind of leading on the defence. Um, just give them the ball and just go and hit them. I mean, ideally, obviously, the point of defence is you want to get the ball back so you can score tries. But just give them the ball and let me hit them. That's, that was me as a player. So I guess that's been a bit of a learning curve. Because um, as a coach, you don't want them to give the ball back. Yeah. I suppose a big thing as well to think about is um, what the types of tackles as well that you do and you encourage. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially now with the reinforcement, the breakdown rules, like, you know, the type, like either a leg focus tackle or a choke tackle, what are you going to use, the benefits and pros of those as well? Because I know yeah. double hits as well. Elsh, I remember when you were at Hartbury, you were big on those, um, you know, we moving like forward. Yeah. We and like it's... <laughs> For various and, reasons, yeah. And then it's like speed to feet. So it's like, again, you know, you've got, you've got players that are better doing choke, players that are better doing, um, you know, leg tackle. So yeah. it's how you introduce those as well, isn't it, within the team and the philosophy yeah. behind what type of tackle where. It's all about it's all... intent, isn't it? For me, sorry. Yeah. It's all about intent. Intent to make, intent to yeah. get into shape, intent to get off the line, intent to make a hit, and then intent again to get up and get back into the line. So, if you don't have that intent as a player, you're you're probably not going to be the best, def- one of the best defenders. Whereas, yeah. the quicker, like the more intent you have to do all of those things and and do them well, the better you are going to be as an individual defender. And then obviously you've got your connections with your in and your out, working in your threes and your um. You, yeah you're going to be more positive I guess than than on your own or, or a bit lazy I think also with defense um everyone wants to have their system and their structure but if we think about the individual I suppose this is where for me like a story or uh and a, like a philosophy is really great is it's okay to let the player kind of show their character through their defense so yeah. you know some players as you've just if you just mentioned about the different kinds of tackles well, if you've got a six foot player um, or even taller, you know, six foot four, like you get in the men's game, making a chop tackle for them is not necessarily as easy as it would be to maybe, you know, try and hit man and ball. Yeah. Obviously, we, we, we want to make the game safer and, and encouraging those, that tackle height, but the realism of getting that low for a chop tackle when you're so big. So I think helping a player understand to make defence work for them. And like you said, that, that word intent, Kim, well, actually then they will have that intent because they, they really feel, well, actually, this is my part. The game yeah. fits for me, my physical attributes, and now I can go and put my stamp on it and then they fit within your system. Um, yeah. And I think that really helps as well. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. The, the other thing I was just thinking while you were talking, I don't know how, I don't even know if we've got an answer for this, but like for us guys working we you know we've got um the time the footage to to do those kind of things like just said like reload speed and stuff like that what what if you're in the community game and you don't necessarily have that I'm just trying to think how might we help coaches find ways to measure success I'm just trying to think of a Um, way like I said I don't necessarily have an answer for instance if if the game wasn't filmed or whatever because if the game's filmed I mean you could probably maybe look at every third or fourth or fifth tackle and see how quickly people are getting up because yeah. if you look at every one of us it's going to take hours um obviously yeah. we're very lucky like we all our stuff gets clipped for us um yeah. by very mm-hmm. clever people but i think yeah i think maybe the, the kpis just have to be slightly different um you know for instance it could be you know do we have a defensive line like is our defensive line there and is it is it into shape quickly yeah because you know how a lot Obviously, not everyone has a perfectly flat defensive line that goes up really well together, stays connected. So I guess that could be something that they could look at as opposed to those 
kind of fine details that we want from our game. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so more concentrating on the actual structure of the defence. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and in, you know, you can still look at big hits, can't you? If someone makes a big dominant hit, you can look at that. Or if someone's making a, a, a soak up tackle, you can look at that. But um, yeah, I, I, it's, it is difficult if you don't have. Obviously, we're like I say, we're very lucky, and it's only been recently that we've had this. What the last yeah. three years since, since the beginning of Premier Fifteens, but um, mm. and and it's it's a life. You know, it's a game changer, isn't it? Really, like looking yeah. at that. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it would have to be different KPIs for them. Ones that they that are measurable that they can see either either in a, in the game or if they have the game film, but they have to watch it back without having it clipped. I think I think as well you could look at maybe turnovers as well. So like you know those contests on the floor that maybe you get a turnover from or a penalty. Yeah. You know so um, yeah. so that would be show that your defence is quite successful in that way. So yeah. maybe that as well. But yeah, that's a good question, Alge. Yeah. yeah um, so start to think about the individual a little bit more now as well, um, and maybe think about this might take you back to some of your early days of coaching, Kim. Um, I know I know when I was thinking about it it did for me especially when working with like juniors like how might you build confidence in a player around um tackling or like the, just the whole collision element of the game yeah it, it's hard isn't it because and I've said this before like you can't make someone want to tackle you, you can't you can't kind yeah. of embed that in someone if, they, if if someone doesn't like contact or doesn't want to tackle they're not they're not going to. Um, yeah. But you, you can work with those players. You know, you can, there's so many small, small little drills and games and stuff you can do to, to build that player up. But I think it has to be, if, if it's especially in the community game and youngsters, it has to be done at their own pace. You can't rush, you can't rush yeah. your kid to make a, you know, at the end of the day, it's quite scary when you're young yeah. and there's such a, a variance in, in size in juniors. You know, you could have a, I don't know, 10, 10 stone kid running at a three stone kid or whatever yeah. and it's it's so it's it's difficult I think um but yeah I think just making it building up for them and, and building their confidence you know even if they if they miss a tackle um in the in a game or in, in training it's like giving them some a positive what they've done well so oh, you did really well to get your to get your I don't know your body in front there next time if you can just do this then that'll be really good or I don't know something like something like that um would would be beneficial i think also um you just mentioned like the size difference you know would it be a bad thing i know this would be training because in a game you can't necessarily control it but in training like you can make those matches couldn't you you could purposely match sizes yeah. so that again yeah. gives that player confidence rather than trying yes. to tackle someone twice their size um that could be yeah. a good way I mean, um, it's, it's, it's i find it frustrating even now when you've got I don't know. You try. You're, you're you're trying to do something based on defence, and then you've got your really nippy winger that just constantly steps people, which mm. actually doesn't necessarily help that defender. Um, that, yeah. It, although it's good for that def, that defender that they have to do. You know, they still have to. They have to deal with that person that's got really good footwork. Actually, just if we can just step one way or the other way, you're going to help that defender and then build it up to that rather than just going in and beating them for footwork and pace. Not, you, you don't really help anyone there, do you? It's always great when you have a 1v1 with a, a winger in yeah, a 15-metre channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, channel. And if the winger just doesn't win, 
then then they they don't feel that they've succeeded do they so it's getting that balance right i guess right i guess make it five meters that's what i say yeah <laughs> close one small meter. area i think one meter square. Sorry, one meter square absolutely <laughs> i think i was going back to your question i think you know talking about developing confidence one of the I, i'm working at the moment i've got a group in the university students a lot of new to rugby and one of the one of the prior to covid um we, we're lucky enough we've got crash mats and and pads and I, and I think a great way of doing it is you know working with those players to build the confidence so they actually yeah. fall onto when people are making tackles onto the crash mats side on head yeah. on and, and, it, and if, if yeah. you haven't got crash mats you know thinking about some of the some of the clubs maybe not not got the luxury of crash mats like we have you know just putting bags on the floor so the players actually yeah. fall on the yeah. bags you know that that kind of gives that air of confidence um until yeah you know, until the players are actually able to make those tackles. And even sometimes as well, um, tackle suits, you either love them or you hate them. Personally, as a player, I hate them. But, you know, but actually when you're making, learning to make tackles as well, sometimes that gives players that extra bit of confidence when they've got a tackle suit on. So, you know, trying that as well. Anything that's going to give the girls, um, you know, that bit of confidence when they're actually playing and learning how to make those tackles is, it, think, you know, um, is really important. What I found with crash mats is that, they hit each other harder when there's crash mats in play. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. found that the last, you know, we, we've used crash mats, well, not crash mats, just put a load of shields down. Yeah. Um, but same, same thing, really. Um, yeah. But I found that the, the girls will, they'll hit each other harder at training than they will do if there isn't a crash mat there. And I guess then that, that in, kind of makes it more game realistic because they're hitting each other harder but then not as realistic because of the crash mat. But one thing I also noticed with crash mats is it makes it really hard to roll away. So it's yeah. hard. Like, yeah. So for, for actually, for what we're trying to input now with that gap tackle roll away, it's actually really hard yeah. because you're yeah. rolling around on a blinking what feels like a waterbed. Yeah. Um, but, but, I, but I suppose it all depends what you want to achieve. You know, I yes. think when, when you're doing it, do you want to, you know, yeah, it's not ideal to achieve the rolling away, but actually for a technical teaching a new player how to tackle or putting in some yes. hits just for a couple of hits after training just to get you, you know, guess your foot placement right, you punch through with your hands. You know, they are they are good. So I think it's being appropriate to what you need it for. But yeah, I, but certainly from my point of view, I think building confidence, you know, it's, it's been a great aid. Yeah. Um, for, for those new girls and and like you said lj kim as well you know coaches you know make the area smaller so you know you yeah. have to make that tackle you know getting that being able to get that foot placement in you know flexibility at the hips to drive through you know all those technical spills just just make the um the area smaller I mean, to achieve that success that, that is underconfident um you know you can you at, at probably adult or adult level more or maybe i don't know 14 15 whatever um, you can say to that big player, like, and and I know it's not going to make them the the. If you've got someone that's not so confident, you can say to that big player, just run at them, like, as in, don't try and step them, don't just and help them with their tackle and give them yeah. feedback. Because the best person to get feedback from is the person that's that you're tackling, obviously. Yeah. And I always say to the girls, like, ask the player for feedback, and and actually, if you have someone that is a little bit underconfident, you can just say to someone, just run at them, and when they make them tackle you, make them take you to the ground. Obviously, don't just fall, but make it don't don't run obviously make it run just run really hard at them because that's not gonna give them confidence but do just do a little step <clears throat> let them hit you and let them take you to ground yeah. and that all that does is build that tiny bit of confidence which when the next time that player does it they're like oh yeah I, I i made a really good tackle <laughs> then and it just builds that tiny bit of confidence that i think help and i think not necessarily at, at premier 15s but obviously i mean like when you're talking like youngsters up to yeah Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got someone new into the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, just builds a little bit of confidence there, and 
and you know that kid probably won't mind doing that once or twice and and I think sorry imagine, I think go on else imagine getting that feedback though from your own player or someone mm-hmm. in your team that you look up to and like you've just said if it's that the bigger player that seems to run through everybody and actually you put them in a scenario where you actually get the bigger player to support that player that's trying to yes. build confidence that's probably going to be way more powerful than you going just do this just do that oh that was great actually they just hear it from that player that they've always yes. maybe not not been scared of but always thought oh gosh and then exactly. all of a sudden they've made a hit on them and they've gone that was a great tackle you know um i think yeah. that's a really great idea and um really really yeah really easy to do too it doesn't take anything so yeah. mm. i think like that player then just can get and go oh you, you had a really good rap on me then i couldn't get away yeah. And the next mm. time that instantly is then in that play, oh yeah, you got your body in front of me then, so I couldn't get around you, and, and then everything else went. From, and then that player kind of gets that little tiny bit that, of confidence that they need, and it, it doesn't take anything away from the player that's helping them. Yeah, Actually, yeah. It's a better person. Yeah. yeah. That's no, that's, yeah. that's really good as well. And that's getting buying from your players, and those little pull to one side. So come with me. We'll work on this after training or prior yeah. to training. No, that's great. Yeah. That is Kim. Really good advice. Another another thing, and I know right now this is probably not, well, definitely not able to do, but um, with my fighting background, I can't and can't tell you how much a player would benefit from going down to um, a grappling gym uh, where they do wrestling or um, BJJ because, A, it's an indoor space and everyone hates it when it gets cold and, and wet. Yeah. Uh, it's indoors. It's fully matted, um, it, you know, it's just a different environment. And I think that can really help players. The, the other area you could go to, I know... Um, What's like BJJ, gym, gym, uh, BJJ? Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, cool. Thanks um, for explaining that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you know, those indoor spaces for the gymnastics, like a big gymnastics centre. Yeah. Again, a... Um, oh, what's the word? Dojo? A spring floor. Uh, they've got the foam pits, you know, all those kind of environments. And I appreciate, you know, that A might be money and time. And obviously right now, you know, that's probably a no, well, it's a no-go. But eventually, you know, that might be something you could consider. And I, I've done that with most most squads I've ever worked with. And yeah. I know, like, we took our girls last season to my, to my fight gym. And I know they absolutely loved it because they didn't have to go outside and get cold and wet, like I've just said. They were falling on a soft surface. And it was somewhat somewhere different, and I think they got a lot yeah. out of it. So. I think they don't realise what they get out of. I bet they didn't realise what they got out of it as well. Some of them, but they, yeah, I think on reflection now they do, but definitely yeah. some of them at the time weren't sure. And then or it'd yeah, be like, like oh, what we're doing here, this isn't rugby. And then afterwards, you're like, they kind of understand, like, yeah, they they kind of get more of an understanding of. It. I mean, you, yeah. you obviously coached me at Bristol for a while, and we did a lot of wrestling stuff then, um, a fair bit, didn't <laughs> we? They still do now, Kim. They still get to wrestle now. <laughs> some of them love it, some of them hate it. But the wrestling's really good because it actually can build confidence because you're not smashing into somebody. It's a closer collision. And it's, you know, you can, it can be you have to stay on your feet or it can be just on the floor. So, you, yeah. you know, like that can help build confidence too. Um, I think it, it also teaches you to use your... Uh, so obviously I did judo for it teaches you to use your opponent's body weight against them yeah. Yeah. which I think people don't do in rugby and uh, as much as they probably can um, yeah. so I'm not saying that that means that you can make a soak up tackle but what it means is you 
understand more about how somebody moves and what when they're weak and when they're not and how to use that against them and I think you only get that from some sort of martial arts you don't you can't that's not just something that happens yeah martial arts does work really well especially like the grappling stuff not like maybe not karate but judo and and all the things that you want to yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said kim though it's understanding how your body works how you can use your levers as well you know to yeah. push off pull you know and and yeah, yeah I, I think it's brilliant and if you can get like you said Alge and, and kim getting other people in from different sports as well it's you know it's a fresh face it's a little six yeah. week block or four week block you know if, if clubs can afford it obviously not not the moment with covid but it's certainly something to look at and i know lots of the international teams yeah. really do a lot of wrestling and grappling because um it's got proven yeah. benefits so. iron as well isn't it to be fair it is yeah. the hardest. I'm telling you now, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah, it is tiring. <laughs> but yeah, at the moment, I guess it's difficult with COVID and face-to-face yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But one day again, definitely, it's an, day, I- yeah. an idea to take your team to. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So go back. Let's go back to kind of like the main kind of the main part of defense. And imagine we're trying to run, or you're trying to plan a session. How might that look for you? So when you're thinking I've got to get attack and defense in, do you have like standalone sessions or might like, is it quite fluid for you? Defense and attacks quite fluid. Like they both kind of interlink. Like, how might you structure it? Yeah. And, so I guess and also well, other coach, sorry, other coaches as well. Like might, you know, might you use them? And so Yeah. Just, so I'm very lucky. So I have obviously coached with a guy called Tom Lindsay, who's our attack coach and he's also forwards coach. And then I have um, a young guy called Dan, um who does kind of the back three stuff so I'm quite lucky to have those coaches and I I like to let them run what they want to run I'm not really the I'm not really a uh, micromanager I like like, if I say to Tom yes you're going to run the attack I'm not then going to tell him every second what I think and how I think it should go and it's at the end of the day I trust him that he's going to implement something that's going to work um so we'll see um obviously I'm sure it will but at the moment we haven't got to see anything um so yeah, so I think if if he's running something attack-wise, there's no reason why you can't run defence against it because you need defence for that attack to work and that attack's only going to get better if it has a defence against it. I mean, everyone looks great running against no one, don't they? But um, yeah. if you're running an attack if you're running an attack, attack drill or attack game, there's no reason why that defence, you don't have a defence in there to to do that. And then, yeah, there's always going to be like, if you want to do some actual like one-on-one tackling and technique stuff then yes you're going to have to do that separately but um I think low tackle technique is very important also getting your connections is really important with your in and your out which only comes from doing it together so kind of mm-hmm. like to build that up I guess so a bit, yeah. a bit of everything really then like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't neglect your defense when you do an attack no but you also do need some time maybe to to, to actually put yeah. detail into your structure and yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bird. Yeah, yeah. No, you could, You have to have that time. I think initially, just to build that um, structure in place. So once players have got the understanding of how they work around a ruck, who's responsible to go where, yeah, exactly, who's yeah. who's taking who, and then I think the the quicker you can get into that attack versus defence. Um, you know, scenarios using your coaches, one in charge of attack, one in charge of defence. You know, getting that connection with the outside players coming in as well to connect with those forwards working around a ruck, building it up, building it up. So you're actually playing those games and teaching the structures you want. It's, um, it goes hand in hand, really. I, I don't think yeah. you can do one without yeah. the other. Um, yeah, after, you've got to get your, 
You've got to get your structure in place first, your attack yeah. structure, defense structure, and then and, and you probably do need to do that unopposed. But then once you've got that in place, you're only going to get better if you know if your defense system works, if you're running attack against it, and the same with your attack. And like I say, the better your defense is, the better your attack is, because they have to figure out ways to get through you or around you. And then your defense then has to get better because you have to figure out how to stop them doing that. So actually by running your attack against your defense, both are going to continuously get better and better and better. Yeah, and I think the other consideration is, I mean, we're, we're lucky we can get the girls Tuesday and Thursday nights. You know, we've got some club coaches that maybe have one night a week. So, you yeah. know, again, attack and defence. Yeah, and right. then then we got the, you know, you've got your international sides that have got, you know, weekend training, week training, where you can build in, like, defence, attack-specific, combination of both. So, you know, I, I really think, you, you know, you have to work with what you've got as well and what's available and look at the structure of your week. Um, but like yeah. I said, you know. We're, um, we're, we're not professional athletes, so um, at the moment, some of them are, but um, our lot certainly, we've got them twice a week, so you've got to build in what you can in the two nights that you've got them for. But if you're only, if you're only seeing them one night a week, I really like the idea of trying to make your attack and your defence yeah, accountable to each other type thing, so little games. Yeah. Um, and, it, and if you've got two coaches, like you've just said, Kim, like how you've got it at Bristol, you know, one of you's running the attack, one of you's running defence, but you can still co And then you get between each other as well, which is quite yes, cool. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, I enjoy that. So like, you'll be like, one nil, one nil. Oh. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I think, but I think it's in, that's important. It's in, and it's important to have, to be able to have those relationships with your coaches as well and have a bit of, as a coach, like you can't, you can't be a hundred percent serious all the time. And I think that's something that, oh. that players sometimes do struggle with. Um, they have to realise that coaches are human and, you know, just because, for instance, maybe Tom and I are having a laugh about his, I don't know, he's broken through my defence. Actually, that, that doesn't mean that I find it funny. It means it's nice. He's done, like, <laughs> done really well there. Like, yeah. well done. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I think that's, it's really important that you are seen to be having fun as well as coaching. And I think sometimes it, it, it does get quite difficult to do that. Yeah. I like to remind the players that we have feelings. I don't have enough feelings, apparently. Oh, right. So, I don't yeah. show them enough. I'm, okay. I'm a bit awkward, aren't I? So, <laughs> if I think of my girls, they'll tell you that I'm a bit awkward. So I think I've, I've tried to work on that. Well, we got some. We got some of those questions coming up later on, actually, so we can fire into those. Hold that, Kim. Hold that thought. Yeah. Before we get to that, then, Bed, um, let's. So, <laughs> I'm going to say something funny in a minute, but I won't now. <laughs> what? What? You got us all in suspense, there, Aldrin. Sorry. Yeah, come on. It's not that funny. What does a successful defence look like for you, then, Kim? And I was going to say, well, when you win at the weekend, but anyway, uh, yeah. What does a successful defense look now. like for you? No. Um, <laughs> I think for me, successful defense is set being set first. That's important for me. And then a successful defense turns the ball over, don't they? That's what happens. The, the point of defense yeah. is to get the ball back, really. So if you can get the ball back, then you're successful. Um, yeah. You know, you want to get the ball back, you want to score tries down the other end of the pitch, hopefully. Yeah. So I think for me, that success is, that's all the, all the little bits that fit into that. So your speed to shape, your work rate, your, your tackle, and then into that turnover, which then provides you with the opportunity to score a try. Yeah. 
it's difficult to put one one thing on it I think yeah Mm. I think I think also success like for me defense is like a big mentality thing but it's such hard work as well so if you've got a, a if you've got a team that has the capacity to be unbelievably hard working in defense and absolutely yeah. crush the life out of the team you're playing like suffocate them i think that looks that's really successful for me so so yeah i definitely agree with you yeah enjoy it enjoy them making the errors if you can instill enjoyment into your team's defense and they yeah. enjoy doing it and they enjoy hitting people back the fact that they're absolutely knackered doesn't come into it because they're yeah. just getting up off the floor and they're smacking someone and it gets to half time and they're, maybe they're like, well, work really hard there. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that attack, win, uh, defense wins games. Doesn't it It yeah. definitely does. Cause if, you, if a team yeah. can't get the ball, they, they're not going to score. Yeah. And that, that goes, you know, for me, myself, it's like, you know, for the teams, I think, you know, you're right. You're spot on. You've got to love that defense. And for me, a successful defense is everybody's buying into it and loving it. There's lots of noise, there's energy, you know, and, and it's those key words, that urgency, you know, like I say, that aggression and relentless. Small you, wins. Small yeah. celebrations are really important. Yeah, absolutely. Me, like, if someone makes a, a, a good hit, you've got to be like, great hit, mate. Uh, and give them that confidence like yeah. your teammate you know whatever if you get a turnover then you celebrate it because it, yeah it's a good thing and I'm not saying you'd be an idiot about it and you jump around and every time because I don't like that but if someone makes a good turnover give them a pat on the back and be like yeah fair play like oh, that's yeah. good mm. yeah oh looking forward to seeing your defense in action Kim yeah that's for sure <laughs> for those of you that can't see Kim she's now crossing her fingers there we are <laughs> I'm sure it'd be smashing. We'll see. <laughs> okay, um, so, so oh, go on, Elsie. Sorry. No, I was going to move on to you, Bird. Ah, thank you. Well, it's, it's this week for the first week as well. We're delighted because we um Jess Jess Bunyard. Some of you may know Jess, but Jess is um, working on um, the women's rugby um, section of. Um, with Dan Cottrell, LJ and myself and, and basically we've got some great great questions that have come back from you guys out there that have been listening to the pods which is just fantastic so we've got a couple of questions we're going to kind of throw in tonight to the mix and um, I'm going to start off with um, a question that's been asked for us to chat around which is what are you most proud of as a coach so I'm going to throw that out to Kim first so this is a question that's come from our um, listeners on Twitter what are you most proud of as a coach? Uh, as in an occasion or just for me, what makes me proud as a coach? Whatever. Could yeah. be either. Could be either. Could yeah. be both. What makes me proud as a coach is seeing people progress. So seeing players reach their potential. And, and I think even more than that, players that are un- underconfident players or players that don't think they're... And, and this is massive in the women's game. Um, you ask a, girl, a, a woman what they're good at, they'll tell you five things they're crap at or they think they're yeah. crap at before mm-hmm. they tell you what they're actually good at. Yeah. So for me, like, changing that, trying to help to change that mindset, and, and I'm not the best at it. I, I struggle with that as well. But I think for me, like, if you see a, a, a girl that's come training, she's a bit underconfident or... Um, in a, in a certain aspect of the game and then you see them start to their mindset start to change and then they start to progress in that and then they get confident in that and then you can kind of see 
you can see a change in their in their actions in that how they speak how they how they approach things I think for me that's probably the what makes me most proud is seeing other like the players progress yeah that's cool and what about you Alch? um I've definitely had some extremely proud moments but to top all of that would be the fact that I have had even if it's just the tiniest amount of impact on a player's journey so whether that's Mm. like you've just said Kim them reaching their full potential of going on to maybe play for their country or just become a better person and a better player and you know I've had some really privileged positions with my coaching throughout throughout my time as a coach to work with some unbelievable athletes um and and yeah I think that's probably my proudest moment is when I just see them doing what they're doing wherever they're doing it and thinking oh, wow I, I was I'm so proud that I got to work with that person yeah. and and just remembering what they were like when I first met them so like you said without a doubt whenever I've worked with female athletes that confidence is really lacking and even just knowing a player is still playing the game you know I've seen a few girls recently that I thought I wasn't sure if they were still playing that I coached when they were kind of 17 18 and I've seen that they're still playing and I'm like that that's really great I'm really yeah. uh, really proud that they're still playing the game for, for you know wherever that be so yeah that that's probably it for me yeah same sort of thing I guess yeah yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. that's really cool uh, how about you Bird? well god I've been like you Alge I've been so lucky to be involved with so many great athletes and people and I think um you know I think the proudest moment is when for me is certainly when you see a team coming together that you've helped build and you know, I, I remember especially last year when I was working with the Bucks team and at the beginning when they're just brand new players all coming together and just watching that culture grow and develop with them as a player and how they all kind of pull together and they actually made the final. You know, we didn't get to play the final because of COVID, but where they were the start on their journey to where they got to, that was a really proud moment for me kind of heading up that. And, and I think, like I said, it's just the um, being able to work with those girls, you know, from a young age, certainly at school some of my um, athletes are at school and then seeing them go all the way through to international and you've been a part of that journey is really special. So yeah, it's great. But um, that leads nicest, nice into the next question. So this is one I'm going to throw at you now. I didn't warn you about this. So I'm, LJ, we're going to start with you. So mm-hmm. if you could give your younger self some advice from now, what would it be? Um, don't, so, don't... Rugby coaching, this is about mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> let's not go that far back (laughs) um I would well I would tell my younger self to not not be worried about what other people think I should be doing and be really like I feel like now I'm probably only in the last maybe five years or less I've actually realized no this is what I'm about as a coach and that's okay and I actually don't agree with how you see the game this is how I see it or this is how I want my my set piece to look or how I want my attack, my defence, my breakdown to look. So, yeah, probably that. Not get so worried about what other people think um, and what they think it should look like. So. Good advice, Alch. Kim, so if you um, could give your my, younger self some advice, what would it be? Mine would be fairly similar, but mine would be more um, just not, not being afraid to... Um, say not say what you not what I think as in what I think you know with a person personally or whatever but like put like not be afraid to put my stamp on 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 mm. rugby as a coach um I think 
I I have been reluctant, not reluctant, I guess, underconfident in that sense. Um, and I think now I've I've got a very good relationship with a few of the girls at Bristol that kind of recognised that and told me that and just said, like, you, you've got to believe in you. Like, you're here because of who you are and what you've done and we believe in you, so you, you need to believe in yourself. And I think that probably happened maybe towards the end of, or the middle of, of last season. And that kind of hit me quite hard initially because I was just a bit like, well, what, what do you mean? And then kind of you go away and you think about it and you're like, do you know what? You're absolutely right. Um, you've got, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach for a reason. I've got the, the confidence and the belief of the girl. So why the hell do I not believe in me? So I think for me that that's probably would be just believe in yourself and trust, trust, trust yourself and do it, go out and, and do it because, you know, all you're going to do is learn from it at the end of the day. You, you can't really make too many big mistakes in rugby, can you? And to, like, there's, there's no right or wrong really um, in coaching. So, you know, believing it and, do, and doing it your own way. And even if it's something brand new that nobody's ever thought of before, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Or if someone else has got a different opinion on it, like you said, LJ, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah just means it's your opinion and it's what you believe in and as long as you for me as long as you I, I understand why I'm doing something yeah and what I want to get out of it then it can't be wrong because it's what I believe and it's what I want to get out of it um and I think I haven't been able to do that in the past but I think now I'm a, I'm a lot better at doing that okay. quite a long one for you there and a bit yeah. deep sorry yeah, good. That's that's really good, Kim. You know, it's Wipe like my tears away. I, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pass the tissues. Bless I'm very that. lucky to have some very um, players that aren't afraid to tell me stuff like that. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's quite it's quite good for you though as well. You know, those players and you know that transition from being a player to a coach and, and being yeah. able to have your senior players talk to you like that is is, is yeah, a good thing. And definitely. accepting, you know, being able to accept that as well, and also reflecting on 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 you as a coach. Yeah. Um, certainly for me, I think um, for giving myself some self advice from from now, I think is is taking time to be more reflective. I think certainly when I first started coaching, I was just caught up with you know, doing, 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 and not really taking time to reflect on my process. We talked about that stamp on who are you as a coach? And yeah. I think that's really important to find out where you are. And instead of trying to do everything, focus on what your super strengths are, work on those, learn as much as you can about those skills, and then develop. Um, I think, you know, if you try to do too many things, you can sometimes yeah. get kind of overwhelmed by it and, and not take time to reflect. Because I went straight from playing into coaching and actually, yeah. um, most probably on reflection it was the wrong thing for me to do because I needed to move away from the environment that I was in um so I could come back to the environment to make it better and I think yeah. certainly that was something I could reflect on but yeah you know if I if I'd say anything to anyone is you know focus on your super strengths build on those and then decide what you want to be as a coach so you can decide where you want to go don't, um, don't compare yourself to others yeah because yeah. yeah absolutely don't compare yourself just because a player like something that another coach has done or another coach has said it doesn't mean they like you or think any less yeah. of you it just means they like that what they're doing or what they're saying so I think uh, and again it, it's a definitely a, a woman's thing um yeah. it's definitely somehow in in all of us that we automatically think that we're not good enough or we're not good at something and trying to change that mindset in myself and then also trying to help other players of that is mm. is a big thing um 
yeah that's cool that's cool there's some there's some absolutely brilliant questions on here it's about 15 of them I, I you know we we haven't got time today to ask all of them but um i'll just ask one more you know um from this from the list we've got here and it's um what's the biggest thing about your coaching that you want to work on so um kim lj biggest thing about your coaching that you want to work on well we've just spoken about mine mine was mine would be um my <laughs> unawkwardness or my over emotion or under emotion so getting that balance right now I'm, I'm it's not like i cry after games or anything just so people don't think that I'm a crier. <laughs> i do cry in movies but i don't cry after games um, but like, i think it's that balance of um giving the players what they need after a game as in the feedback that they need but doing it in a way that isn't giving too much so for instance if, if you lost a game you think you should have won and you could have won it's dealing with that like you can't there's no point after a game in that huddle going and you know giving them what for because they don't they feel worse than you do already yeah so it's getting that balance right of what to say how to say it and how to come across okay um because if you don't if you don't deal with it then you haven't dealt with it and you don't care but if you go too far the other way then you're just making them feel crap for no when they already do so i think for me it's get trying to get that balance right and that's really hard and i i definitely don't get it right all the time um Hmm. but i do now try to ask for feedback so after a game or something happened and if if even if you've won you know sometimes you can still say the wrong thing um i think i like to get feedback and just ask players like how did you find that and I think that, that like those players I have, they, those leaders and that, uh, I think uh, that's a work on for me. And it's something that I've spoken to, to the girls about. So all the girls know it's a work on for me. I'm very open with them. So yeah, that for me is getting that balance right of how much to say and how to say it and how not to say it. Yeah. And I, I suppose it's understanding yourself as a coach as well, Kim. And that comes with confidence and, you know, developing, which yeah. is what, which is what you're doing. So that's yeah. Great. And trusting those players as well, because you don't want every player to give feedback because everyone's going to be different. No, you know, so, but. no. Um, but it's also getting feedback from different players, isn't it, as well? Like, not always yeah. going to the same people, because yeah. in whether or not those people always give you an honest answer, you, you, you don't really know. But if you do go to someone different, they might give you something slightly different, or how, how it made them feel individually. And you wouldn't have known that unless you'd gone to them. So I think, I think yeah, just for me, it's, it's the, getting the balance of emotion right, or awkwardness, as they like to call it. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> what about you, Alge? Like some biggest thing about um, your coaching you want to work on? Shall I? I, shall I you you good to go, or shall I fire in? Oh, you go, Bird. Okay, I'm going to go. So for me, um, I think for me, it's it's developing my um attack understanding and um my own philosophy on attack because I think you know, like you, Kim, pretty set piece defense orientated love that but 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 i attack fascinates me and um i still i've still got to kind of get my understanding and develop that and you know i have some great chats with my great friend giselle you know um she's a great attack coach talked to her for hours about attack um i've been lucky enough to work there a few times and um it's been great but yeah that, that's one thing i'd like to work on um and then from a, from the bigger side is is that understanding with the players like getting to know your players i mean i think i think i judge myself that i'm pretty good at that but there's always things you can find out about players taking the time and it's making that time to make sure that you do get to know all the players in your squad 
I mean, at the moment, for example, with the Buck squad I'm dealing with, we've got 64 players. That's a lot of players to get to know. But, you know, like with Zoom and yeah. contact over Teams, there's been different ways of doing it. So, so there's always new ways you can evolve um, and, and making sure you've got that relationship with the players is key and crucial yeah. to, to, you know, building your team and your squad. So there we go. That's me. Um, I, I love both your points. I think I probably do work on those two things as well. Um, emotions are, are always a tough one. And especially depending on what's gone on in your own day before you even get to the, the part of the rugby as well. So I've definitely always challenge myself on that and getting to know players is always a big one to uh, bird. However, I think my biggest focus right now is how I make every single player feel. So um, whether it's I've I've had have I had an interact like when did I last have an interaction with all my players? So for example, you know they're all going to come on a Tuesday and Thursday evening, but have I actually made each player feel? like valued or mm. or cared about or I've given them feedback um, and I can I can definitely think I do that with them with most of them but there's sometimes I think oh, that interaction I had with that player wasn't how I wanted it to be to be and maybe it was the only time I got to speak to them that night and uh, do you know what I mean and you know yeah. what if that's the only time I speak to them all week and then we go into a game um so and it might be a bit it might be a bit deep, but yeah, it's just how I have my individual interactions with every single player and how they feel from that because I'm I'm a massive believer in they won't remember what I said to them and they won't remember anything I taught them, but what they will remember is how I made them feel and now that will stay with them forever. So I'm I'm trying really hard to to make that kind of a a better yeah. element of what I do in my coaching. I think that I, I like that. I think that has, I, as me personally, I think that has to work both ways as well, though. Because I find sometimes I make an effort to speak to a player. I'm not saying recently, but, and that player doesn't give you anything back. Yeah. And then, so I've, I've sat on, like, I try to do the same thing, try to speak to, to everyone. Hey, even if it's a, hey, how are you? Like, that's what thing, like, try to say that. But sometimes, like, well, so we have um, after match food after training food sorry after training we used to sit down together at the, obviously at the moment we don't but we used to sit down together and I sat on a table once with some of the youngsters and I felt so out of place and it was like <laughs> getting old now Kim it was almost it wasn't like it was almost like they were looking at me like why are you sat here yeah yeah and I was like well so I, I'd made this effort to try and like get to know these kids and then um, they weren't kids, they were obviously adult women's rugby players. But, and then I felt really awkward and I felt really uncomfortable because they looked at me as if to say, get off our table. Yeah, but that's, that's, like, that's, that goes down to about culture as well, O'King, doesn't it? You know, and those, yeah, those young, is, young is, you know. We've had a massive shift in our, yeah. in our culture, to be fair. And, and I don't think that would happen now. But at the time I was like, well, why, why should I bother doing this again? Yeah. But, but you do, because then you do build up that and you have to be, and it's always us, well, it's not always us, but it is us that has to make that effort because there's yeah. only one of us. So I think yeah. that, like, that's a really good point. And yeah, sometimes you, I know I've, you've made people feel how you did, by saying something or doing something, you've made someone feel how you didn't want to make them feel. Yeah. And then you mm. feel like hell. Yeah. You've upset someone. And yeah. also on that, on that, Kim, thinking about that, if they are, and I, I definitely know there are players that I've, 
I thought I need to I need to find a way in into you if you like my like whether it's because they're so young and they think oh god what does she want um but for me when I when I know I've done it is when I get that positive reaction back from you so from them so like you've just said if I actually do go and sit with them they're like oh hey and like want to share their food with me or something not that they do that now since covid but um you know whatever <laughs> so, you, bring, you uh, made yeah, a breakthrough so, yeah. Yeah. they, they for yeah. once say hello to you first and yeah. you're like yeah oh. and then you yeah. get and then you know what to say you're like oh hi uh <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right you're right yeah cool all right yeah. cool yeah but no yeah that's yeah all good points eh yeah definitely that's great Oh, some great points. And thanks to you guys that have um, kind of written in and raised those questions. Yeah. And we're, we're going to base a lot more of our chats around what you guys um, are posing. So, um, so we'll be certainly answering the rest of those questions. So thanks to those of you that got back to Jess on Twitter yeah. this week. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah. So f- keep firing them in and we'll keep answering them. Okay, this is a be- one of the best bits now, end of the rugby chat. And we're going to go over to RJ for some quick fire questions. So get ready, yeah. Kim. So Kim, at me. shout oh. Between you and Bird, you both just got to shout in. Come which on. Prefer, which you prefer, okay? You ready? Okay, yeah. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Oh, cats. Ooh. Bit slow. Um, fish and chips or curry? Curry. Curry, yeah, I go for curry. Oh. <laughs> um, night or day? Ooh, day. Day. Oh, okay. Um, Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. Christmas. okay and uh i've got a special one in for you kim for the end um bath or bristol bath or bristol having a bath or what (laughs) so there is reason for that bristol Bristol have given me so much since i joined bristol like honestly pat lamb the the men's teams the men's coaches the players have been so welcoming and so brilliant that i i have i i can't not support them yeah obviously yes i was a bath fan i worked for bath (laughs) (laughs) for three years i worked for bath but then i think you move when i move to to bristol i built relationships with people at bristol and then yeah and and i now don't have relationships with people at bath so yeah you kind of i'm a turncoat really i guess is what you'd call me but i can't I can't not support Bristol because I, I love the way they play rugby. I think Pat Lamb's an absolute legend uh, and a really great guy. And um, he's, you know, his coaching teams have always been fantastic for me. Like I say, the players have always been great. So what's not to love, really? And they wear a bear on their shirt, so. Yes. <laughs> and I go, I, go, I go for Bristol yeah. as well. Bristol or Bath, Bristol. And Bears eat wasps, don't they? So. Bristol. Bears eat wasps. Bears eat wasps, they do. <laughs> they do. Wasps. Sting but back. lions, lions beat bears and sting. Yeah, bears eat what's and have really sore mouths. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh love God. It. Good questions, Alch. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. Thanks, thanks so much, Kim. That was really great chatting yeah, with you, it was great. Alge. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for your it was emotional. Well. It was really emotional, guys. It was actually. I, it was really 
Really I was one tonight. So, I was so unawkward. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> well done. And good luck to everyone um, in the forthcoming games for the Premiership, um, the Women's Premiership start in. Myself, Gloucester Hartbury, Kim, Bristol Bears and LJ Wasps. So um, we'll update you on those as well. Really looking forward to the games getting going. Exciting times in these very strange times we're in. But um, that's kind of it now from this podcast. And um, really hope you enjoyed listening. And like I said, you know, really just thanks for those questions. Keep firing them into Jess Bunyard on Twitter and um, myself and LJ will, will continue to answer those um, thanks again to Kim really really enjoyed having you on um, and if you want to hear more please um, just just go to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button to, to the, visit the women's section um, thanks again everybody for listening stay safe and well and um, we'll catch up again with you soon cheers Kim cheers LJ cheers, bye everyone bye bye, bye.